Hello, Denim Heads, and welcome to your 20th Hangout with the Sons of Selvage podcast. This is a podcast where a group of friends get together to talk about denim, rugged wear, and related interests. We aim for this to be a fun and inclusive podcast where you feel like you're hanging out with longtime friends. But be warned, there's a bit of banter, cutting up, and explicit language. In this episode, we'll be hanging out with two friends in our denim community who also happen to be women. So welcome to Kelly Harrington, a.k.a. Keluar. K-E-L-L-O-U-H-A-R on Instagram, and Amanda Barnes, a.k.a. 23ounce.indigo uh, on Instagram as well. How's everybody doing? Hi. Good, thanks. Awesome, cool. Yeah, so super great to have you on the podcast, and obviously we've got uh, Ilya and Lex hanging out with us as well. Um, so yeah, I thought today just be kind of cool to, to talk to you both about um, denim and, yeah, I guess denim. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. So maybe to kick things off, we've obviously kind of talked about some some topics that we wanted to kind of go through together. But uh, I guess maybe to, to kick things off, how did you both uh, get into denim? So you can go first, Kelly. <laughs> oh God, thanks. <laughs> um, so I've been a long, a long-standing collector of denim ever since I was quite young. Um, I think my first memory of being super into it was uh, perhaps when I had I think it was like my 18th birthday or my 21st birthday I think it was 18th actually where I um, got my parents to uh, buy me a Levi's denim jacket it was like the top of my uh, list so that was kind of like my earliest memory of really kind of starting to really be into it um, I've still got the jacket <laughs> And um, I still wear it. <laughs> um, it's not like a super collectible uh, piece or anything. It's just something that holds a lot of uh, memories. Um, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I really love it. Um, so that's how my, my my first, that was my first kind of uh, take in denim. And then I just kind of like carried on collecting it really. Um, because it was something that uh, I would always go back to. Uh, for me, it was like a blank canvas. Um, wearing denim is kind of, I could never go wrong um, if you're wearing jeans and a denim jacket. Um, I work in fashion uh, as my everyday job. And uh, part of my job is that I'm a trend forecaster. So I'm rapidly um, looking for new trends. And denim was one of those things that I always was drawn to and um, never went out of fashion. Never, it isn't a trend as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of my the reasons why I love it so much. But that's my kind of first initial kind of step into denim. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, mine wasn't as uh, like denim from the start. I um, I. I did uh, work experience at Reebok as a, a product developer and then um, I got a job as a garment tech but I tr I'd done design at uni so I said to them look I, I didn't enjoy garment tech at all it just was not for me I wanted to design 
So I um, said to them, look, I, I, I want to design. I don't want to do this. And they said, oh, we want you to stay. So, but the only position was on the design side. So I was like, uh, on the denim side, sorry. Um, so I was like, yeah, cool, I'll give it a go. And then uh, obviously once you're in it, like it just gets you, I feel like it's a bug once denim, once you start seeing how it's made and how uh, people wear it and the things you can do with it and the care that's taken. And it's not just a pair of jeans like it is. It's so much more um, Then I was hooked and I just wanted to learn more and more. And that's kind of how I've been going ever since. <laughs> And ironically, I don't think I've ever actually asked Ilya or Lex the same question. What about you guys? Like, how, how did y'all first get into denim? Lex, do you want to go first or do you want me to, uh, to jump in? I can, I can jump in. Okay, um, you go. So for me, so I also did a fashion degree. So my background's fashion. And I always used to wear, I used to wear horrible jeans. I used to wear uh, true religion boot cut jeans. <laughs> <laughs> They're back now, though. Oh, there we go. So I've, I've probably still got them in the attic somewhere. So maybe the next meet, I'll turn up with my bootcut jeans on. Um, anyway, one day I went into Son of a Stag just looking around because I live near there, and I bought and got in a sale a pair of Edwin um, washed but salvaged jeans that were quite like quite nice jeans still. And I was like, they cost about maybe 80, 90 quid, the most expensive pair I'd ever bought at the time, um, and then as I was leaving, the guy in the shop just got a pair of raw ED55s out and he's like, next time you should buy these. And I couldn't, I left the shop and I couldn't get them out of my head. Um, so I went back and bought them like a few months later. And then I was like, well, I can make clothes. Why don't I try making them? And then a few years later, I've got a mountain full of machines. Um, and I have you guys just to talk about denim. And that's about it. Ilya. Um... I've just always been surrounded by it, I guess, through with my family. So my dad always used to wear jeans. Uh, my brother did, my mom did. And so naturally I was wearing it as well. Um, so yeah, it just had a, always some kind of appeal to me. Uh, there was also a story that my dad told me that back in uh, when he was a, as a, as a kid, maybe like a teenager or something, um, his dad was in the merchant navy and so he would travel around the world and he brought him a pair of Levi's back so he was you know one of the only people in town with a pair of Levi's so that that story always was kind of uh, stuck in the back of my mind that okay this this you know there's something special about this pair of jeans um, so I guess that was kind of the intro to denim itself uh, and then into the the raw denim and that kind of taking that seriously was uh, probably around 2012. Um, and I went on the search for, you know, a, a really good pair of jeans. I've been wearing H&M and um, other other brands. And I just wanted something a little bit with uh, meatiness and, uh, you know, a little bit of weight. Um, so I was doing research and uh, found out there was Rivet and Hyde in London, went along there and uh, got my first pair of jeans, was a, which was a, a 316 uh, pair. Um, and then from then on, yeah, just been kind of uh, addicted to it. Like uh, Amanda says, once you, once you get that bug, you, you kind of, that's it, you're in, you're hooked. 
So one thing I have to I have to mention. So I I know you said Kelly that um, boot cuts like back in style again, and I have to ask: Have you seen the uh, Saturday Night Live sketches with the trend forecasters? Oh my God, no! I need to see that. <laughs> it's literally like so funny that I'd almost like stop this recording and say like, let's come back in half an hour after watching them. <laughs> They're like insanely funny. So um, in short, they did three they did three instances of this before um, the two people retired. So one was uh, Ad Bryant. Uh, and Bo and Yang, they're like two of the comedians on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and in both cases, they'd like come in and basically give their trend forecast for the episode. So they're like, in, this and this and that, out, this, this and that. And they yeah. just do like really crazy things to like, in, not cleaning up the gym equipment when you're done, out, showing people your hairy chest at the gym or, or whatever, and just kind of like weird fashion things. Um, and then the best part is they, they basically are like, um, I don't know, bootcut jeans you can go to hell and they would just like start like <laughs> shouting and going crazy about like what was like not trendy and they're mm -hmm. like super super kind of mode you know rick owens kind of sci-fi looking apparel it, it's really funny but i'll definitely um i'll share the links right after this and if, if folks at home haven't seen it you can google saturday night live trend forecasters and it, there's like three different videos and it's 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 hysterical <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess kind of getting back to like actual industry experience. So Kelly and Amanda, what can y'all say about like your journeys in the industry and, and working um, kind of like once you got into denim and you're working in it, like, is there any kind of interesting anecdotes about, about that experience? You go first this time, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, I don't know if I have any anecdotes. I'm not very good at them, but um, I think I've, kind of worked more on the supply side so I um, was designing and supplying to the high street and I was very lucky with my supplier that I got to go out to lots of different factories uh, that's like the best thing ever like if I hadn't have had that I don't think I would have known as much as I have I wouldn't have had all the experiences that I've had and like yeah some of them were quite tough trips but um, some of them like the getting to walk around like I'd always asked to go and see to like have a walk around the factories because I always learned something new like the way they were cutting things the way they were dyeing things just like seeing things like the fabric coming off the roll seeing how immense the factories are um so yeah I think um on a supply side I was I was very lucky in the job that I had and the experience I was able to have through that um so yeah and I guess I'm probably slightly different to you whereas I'm more like a kind of um concept or like trend uh led person so I would work with um Mills to design their new like or not new necessarily but design a collection with them or sometimes I work with brands um to design like either capsule collections or uh, if they want input on um, creative ideas. Um, and then some brands I work with uh, kind of on a social side with wearing their new upcoming jeans, um, promoting their new like sustainable um, processes that they've got in place. So a real range, I think, of different type of aspects of my work, I guess. 
Yeah, de denim's an interesting one because like we're all kind of alluding to how we experience it in different ways, but it seems like you know, I, I think for every one of us on the call, we've spent some time, you know, in a factory floor or in a design studio or a place where you, like we're working with this fabric and, and designing things and making things. And it, and it feels like it really changes our understanding of, of this material in the same way that like if you go to a, a coffee roaster, then you yeah you see coffee differently, right? Or like if you go to a farm, you see cheese differently, whatever. Um, but one thing that also I'm interested in is, I wonder if denim has a different meaning to, to you as women than it might to like your average bloke who's into, you know, his 24 ounce or 32 ounce iron hearts or whatever, like is denim different for you as women? I think it's different for me personally, because I have like two worlds of denim. I have like my job side where it's like, um, where I'm designing for a more commercial side. Um, and I really, I do really enjoy that, but it's almost see like in this world, I feel like it's not as, it, it's like maybe not as seen as such a good thing, but uh, I get to have fun there and I do really enjoy designing and I enjoy designing for women and making clothes accessible to them. Um, and then I have my other side of denim, which is I think where my commercial side has driven me down this path to the, to the salvage, the raw denim. I really wanted to hone my craft and know about it and meeting you guys and uh, yeah, it took me to this community. So I think uh, I, I don't see it as like personally for a woman, it's different because I have to say like, we have the same, we're looking for a good pair of jeans and we want it to fit us. We want it to be comfortable and it depends what level you're looking for. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think that the only thing that's different for me is the fit and the cut. Um, for women, it's different. Uh, but saying that I always wear boys jeans. So, um, because they, I think, are better. <laughs> I'm going to say it, but um, yeah, I've got loads and loads of uh, men's jeans. Um, either they're vintage or they're new. I will often buy. I love a baggy pair of jeans, so maybe that's why I tend to favour the men's department. What do, what um, do you think makes them better, Kelly? Well, for a start, when you go to um, a women's shop that's selling jeans, they will. I'd say 99% of them will be stretch denim. Um, I am personally not a fan of stretch denim. I do have some, um, but they will normally be kind of 1% stretch with a tiny little bit of stretching. Um, but there is a big difference even in the washes and it's very rare that you'll find a pair of selvage jeans on the women's department. Um, but if as soon as you go to the men's department, there seems to be a lot more choice. Um, even in um, commercial stores like H&M uh, or Uniqlo, there's not really the same choice as women's. I was actually in Uniqlo the other day and there was selvage on the men's, but not on the women's. Whether it's real or not, I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, it's just the, cho the choice is... Um, 
not the same. Uh, the washes are not quite my personal uh, preference either. Um, but so I would always gravitate towards the men's department. Um, do, do you think that's because generally I'm very being very general here. Do you think guys are a little bit more details driven when it comes to things like that? Uh, or do you think it's just the the market's not where it should be and um, I, bra I, brands are not really catering for women enough? I think that um, when you go to women's women's stores, um, they're generally more fashion focused and more trend led, mm. um, which is great sometimes. Uh, but when you're looking for a pair of jeans, you I personally want them to be good quality. I want them to last. I want them to be the, the best fabric and I will pay money to um, get those features. So, yeah. I, um, but it's not, the, it's not the same for women, I don't think. Uh, but some people would disagree with me. <laughs> um, I but think it's just my personal preference. Yeah. I think as well, there's a lot more... Um, choice of other things to choose from for women like you know in terms of like dresses skirts like yeah. do you know like that that take you away from buying a pair of jeans yeah so I think that's why there's not as much um choice on the jean side it's demand isn't it it's driven yeah. by demand yeah and, they, and um the men's uh the women's departments are, are based on more fast fashion kind of concepts so if you find a pair of jeans that you do like in the store, the likelihood that they're going to be back there the following year and you can buy your favourite pair again is, is just almost doesn't happen. Whereas with a men's store, you're going to have um, those same cuts and those the same quality year in, year out. People go to buy their favourite cut and you know it will be there again, hopefully. <laughs> so that, that's one of the things, like I know what I'm going to get. Um, I know I'm going to be able to buy it again. Um, yeah, that's. So I think it is quite. I, it is quite different for for women. I think it's just it's more fashion based. And I don't think that there's one store in London for women that only sells jeans, which someone needs to do. Oh. <laughs> New business venture. There used to be that place in East London, I think it's called Shit Denim, that was just women's. Oh, what's that one? I've got I've got feeling they closed down. It was mostly vintage, oh. but it was a women's wear, like they do it interesting vintage. Yeah. I think, yeah, Shit Denim, but I've got feeling they closed down. But you're right, that's the only one I've ever heard of. I've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, you've got like um, places like Selfridges and Liberties that have great denim halls. Um, you know, there's hundreds of pairs of denim denim in there but even I get confused I mean and I I know my denim brands and I know fits and I know cuts and I know what I like but even when I go shopping in those stores I find it very difficult to navigate the women's jeans department because there are so many jeans and um all of them have nearly got stretching <laughs> apart from maybe some of them that are made from um vintage denim that have been remade those brands but then you, you are talking like 400 pounds 500 pounds for a pair of those so that's yeah, where I'm in the men's department <laughs> it's interesting I guess like if I look back at my own buying habits as a is 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 a, a man I often 
it's all about kind of predictability and consistency. So it's like if I find a shirt that fits, I'll buy like five colors of that same shirt over years. And like, I won't even look at different ones. I'll just keep buying that same one again. It's like, oh, I need the blue one. I need the black one. And then my yeah. wardrobe ends up being like repeats of the same thing. Or it's like, I found the jean I want. Now I need the black one. And I got, and I'll almost like ignore other products I haven't, haven't tried before. Cause that, that like, that's risk, right? Or, or it's effort. I'm not sure which of the two, but it sounds like we're, we're, you're saying that for the, for the woman buyer, that something new, that something different, that, that kind of like, um, stepping outside of the comfort zone and trying new stuff seems like it maybe is more important than kind of always going back to the exact same thing uh time and time again yeah i think especially when you're buying a pair of jeans it's like if you found a, a cut and a fit that you like you want to be able to buy it again and sometimes that just isn't available with the women's wear because it's very renewed in a, a very fast pace um, which is great if you're buying a dress and you don't obviously want to wear the same dress to a wedding or, or a party or whatever. But um, yeah, for jeans, it, you want I kind of want to know what I'm going to get. <laughs> or I have to start the process again of trying like hundreds of pairs of jeans on to find my perfect pair. Can I just quickly jump in and fact, fact check myself? Because we seem to get fact checked. Shit denim is Mosin's old blog. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's back called Bad Denim. So I wasn't a million miles off. Oh, so, Bad Denim. Okay. So, bad Mosin, denim if you're listening to this, you, you don't need to fact check us. Hmm? Are they still around, Bad Denim? Uh, no, they've closed down. Yeah, I remember that place. Uh, I mean, I never went in, obviously, but I remember uh, when they when they were kind of becoming popular. Like, I think they got written up in a few yeah. few news blogs and stuff. That's a shame. But, um, I mean, as, as you said, there's very little... But like out there directly for women and the one place that was I think quite good seems to have closed down which is a shame yeah so there, there are for me there's only um yeah like Selfridges Liberties they're quite good for different brands but there isn't like a specialist shop I'd love it if there was a women's special specialist shop <laughs> yeah it seems like there's um maybe a a, a market driver that's causing things to be the way they are, or maybe like a wrong hypothesis that says women want change, women want adventure, women want different, but actually maybe the market and the industry is getting it wrong. And actually women want stuff they can trust and find consistently. And that obviously we, we can't change the world of fashion overnight, but it seems like there's some notion of, hey, brands, like make a great gene for a woman and like stick with it, you know, keep it available. Um, and make sure that folks can kind of always come back to that fit they love and and get it in different colors and things like that over time. Yeah, even uh, Levi's, is, it's very difficult to know what you're going to get sometimes. They change their styles up quite a lot. I guess um, I think that's a, maybe a bit of advice that you both have that might help, uh, let's say, women listeners who, in theory, want to get into raw denim or, or salvage and maybe haven't taking that first step, like what, what advice might you give in terms of where to start brand wise, fit wise, fabric wise, like, uh, like what's, what's, do you have any advice? I think um, just go and try a load on, like Kelly was saying, just start the process and, um, and like just go into men's stores and try men's on as well, because 
they can they can be quite intimidating even like even for men let alone women going in and it's specifically meant to be a men's store they kind of look as if it as if you're not the customer and you don't exist so um I, I walk around like some of the salvage denim places thinking I'm a customer and you don't see me as that which is quite annoying <laughs> um so I'd say definitely just go and go to all the the good good salvage um and denim stores and also try vintage like try vintage try second hand like just so you're not having to um spend a lot on, to start with um I'd definitely say like start looking for second hand ones first or vintage and workwear is a great place to start um, just to transition if you've always worn maybe el like elastane or stretched stuff then go starting with workwear and then getting into heavier denim uh, and vintage can help you find what kind of things you like what kind of details you like so, yeah 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 so trying on is definitely top of my list like and don't be um don't go in with a kind of like preconceived idea that you don't look good in baggy jeans because you're short like me, or uh, you don't look good in a certain type of fit or cut. I think you have to try them on to be able to really see what you like and your mind can really change from that. Um, also, I always take the shoes that I'm gonna wear <laughs> because girls <laughs> wear hot heels and like, jeans look so different with different shoes when you're a woman so um yeah I always wear the shoes or take the shoes that I'm gonna wear with it um I normally always if I buy raw salvage denim I tend to like a like one rinse um just because they're a little bit softer um a bit more wearable for women in like comfort wise um I always tend to size up and then get them taken in, but that's because I normally wear love a baggy pair of jeans. So, um, and then shopping vintage, yeah, I always um, buy bigger and then get them um, fitted properly if I need to, or like changed on the leg or like customized somehow so that they're like a bit more personal. Um, what, what else can I think of? Uh, but if you're buying the, if you're buying them in a vintage pair in the store, um, I normally do that trick where you like measure them with your arm or around your head if you haven't, if you can't try them on. Um, so if you measure them from your arm, then they normally are going to fit your waist. Is that the like elbow to wrist thing or something like that where you yeah. kind of figure out? if they're gonna yeah or well, you can put it around your neck as well yeah that's if you can't try them on sometimes it's really difficult if you're going to buy a pair of vintage jeans and you're in a flea market and you can't try them on and you don't know is your, your neck your neck's the same as your waist yeah if you put it round. oh half half it. neck yeah like all the way around the the waist part yeah is that the same for men oh i don't know actually I never thought about it. Out. It's supposed to be. I, I always do that one. I always yeah, do that, that one. one. That that seems to work for me. Yeah, yeah. So if it's you can get your arm into the waist yeah. of the jean, then yeah. it should fit you. Yeah. 
obviously I make sure that it's bigger, so I love to make it baggy. <laughs> If I think of next. like tailored um, shirts, you know, they always have like the neck measurement, right? So like 15 and a half inch neck, 16 inch neck, 16 and a half inch neck, whatever. And I think about roughly what size I need if I measure a pair of jeans flat. I think there is like a rough, I mean, they're not exact one to one, but there's like definitely like a, some similarity between those two, those two measures. So that maybe there's, um, there's something interesting there. Um, yeah, I, th I think I think uh, Leonardo da Vinci did something about that. Golden yeah. ratio, whatever. The Vitruvian man. Watch the movie <laughs> Pi if folks haven't seen it. That that goes really down the whole the whole rabbit hole of that Darren Aronofsky <laughs> film. Um, one thing that came to mind is around um, Amanda, your point about kind of getting into workwear a bit. For for folks that may not know what exactly that means, is that something like buying a pair of like Wrangler sort of cowboy jeans or, or or what exactly were you thinking by that so i kind of think like um like chore like french chore jackets and like the her herringbone like uh french workwear pants and like they have really cool wares if you can get old ones like patches and they're really nice and worn down so they're quite soft and they they tend to look really good on women it's just weird i just think they fit well they fit me really well um so yeah, they, and I think the look of them, I just really love them. I just think everyone's different, like every pair, every jacket. So um, I really love them. I think they look really great. So I think that's a good way to start. And you can pair them with, it's like, it's not like you want somebody getting into raw denim to not just throw away the whole wardrobe and start again. You want them to be like matching them with what they've got. And obviously like from a sustainable aspect, matching things, with investment pieces is the best way to go like not just start again <laughs> you can just mix and match yeah i love a, I love a bit of work <laughs> yeah it's interesting because y'all actually mean like the real deal vintage workwear from like the 50s and 60s whatever um not modern day kind of like whatever they call workwear like construction site clothing you mean like the real deal from like the indigo, in. like twill French workwear, you can get like little dungarees and chore jackets and um, kind of like painter pants, kind of. Yeah. Are, are any brands today kind of making modern recreations of that sort of stuff? I think a lot of people have taken the chore jacket and done it in their own way. Like painter um, jackets, they've done amazing chore, chore inspired jackets. Um, so I do think that. I mean, the chore is like a a staple, I think, in most people's wardrobe that's kind of on this side, even who's not on this side. It's like it goes in and out of fashion as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really, I think everyone does a kind of version of a chore. So it's a good place yeah. to start. Yeah, even brands like APC and they've always had like a, a chore jacket in their kind of collection. And, and for those that don't know, is that Painter P-A-Y-N-T-E-R? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I love all their branding and their, um, I think it's their emails that have like three numbers at the bottom and they don't tell you what the links are, but they're just links that they've, they think you might like. So they're a nice surprise when you go on them. That's cute. I'm well, sure, I think cool. it's, yeah, it's cool. It, they just are doing some really nice, um, nice little things with 
just a basic style they're not like messing around with it but they're really looking at the fabrics and how it's made so yeah yeah, I just randomly clicked on this like women's uh, chambray work shirt and it looks super cool and it look it doesn't look too intimidating where it's like wow could could could, uh, could someone wear that but it like looks super cool and easy to get into that's a, that's a good shout I think APC as well because I know their their styles are kind of never too much men's or women's focused they're kind of more unisex styles yeah so um, they seem like they're really kind of not generalized, but you know, made made to be very adaptable for different people for that that purpose, which is cool. I think there's quite a lot of um, brands we didn't talk about brands, did we? But you did ask before about who would you recommend. Um, so I think everyone knows that my favourite is Dawson Dunning. Like, absolutely love them. They were one of the first that I started getting into, and I think it was because we went and met them and I think when you meet the person behind the brand it just gives a whole different look on like what you like and why you like them um so they will always be my number one like I have a pair of their raw which I won't wash because I just love them but they're a little bit tight at the moment now and then I thought uh, I managed to find a second hand pair which were exactly the same but this person's washed them so they look completely different and uh, I just love that um, and then like like Girls of Dust they were another brand that I got into quite early on um, and they do some great stuff and then oh there's so many more but I'm sure Kelly knows a few more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to be really controversial and say some really crazy brands. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's loads, but I really my denim um, that I wear is like ranges from kind of like one day I want to be the girl wearing salvage, the next day I will wear some crazy customized outfit, um, and so the brands that I really like are really different. Um, so uh, I love. A pair of Margiela jeans um I've got quite a few and they are usually they're like new uh, very fashiony and they've always got some kind of crazy um side to it so um so I've got some pairs that have got like zips on the knees that come up and turn into shorts <laughs> I've got um yeah like some really crazy washes uh some with like a um an envelope stuck to it so that, that that's like really crazy kind of thing um and then I really like I've actually got some here with me so I'm gonna show I really like um this brand um Kaijna Schneider um they do like loads of like denim made from vintage um, so this shirt was made from um, the hangers that you choose when you're a designer you get like hangers where you can choose the washes um, and this is pieced together from those like uh, denim swatches so it's like made from old fabric swatches which I love. Um, can you uh, show so us the, the label up close? It's a Ukrainian brand. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting in the dark here, aren't I? Maybe I need to put a light on. <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking about, 
recycled denim. Well, we need to mention White Weft. She's doing some great oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got some great things. Um, I also love Pepino denim. Oh, yeah. Um, I love this brand because basically all the... Um, all oh, oh, the lights on. All of the um, fits are kind of like very menswear based, um, but they maybe like this jacket's kind of like slightly a line, but it's like modelled on a very like menswear kind of piece. Um, and I've got the matching jeans, which I love because they've got this like hook that you can hook them up with. Like I just love them just for that. <laughs> Anything with hooks always gets stuck on a door handle somehow. I don't know why, but it yeah. always happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love it. Like, they're super massive on me, and I normally have to do them up with a shoelace around the belt, but I love them. They're like my favorite. Um, and then I really love, um, I hope I'm going to say this right. Is it Hewitt Denim? Hyatt Denim? Hyatt? Well, the, the brand is Hyatt, right? Hyatt. But but Dave's name is something different than the brand name, mm -hmm. if I understand correctly. Okay, so I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, I love these. Um, I have a couple of pairs and different washes. Um, and these are actually salvaged as well, which is unusual. I guess Meghan Markle rocked uh, some Hyatts and then they went crazy afterwards, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think their whole philosophy is amazing, though. Like, do one thing well. And, like, they, I think they've um, put out their, their latest album, The 1% or something like that, uh, that, free as a PDF, which is amazing. Um, and their albums are so nice, like, to look at. Really loads of really good information. And when you say album, do you mean like their seasonal collection book or, or is that something different? They do like a yearbook and it's just, it's almost like lessons learned and just information, like nice information for people to read. Um, just inspiring things. It's really good. Like, keep, I mean, they're amazing at marketing, but it's just a great product as well. <laughs> yeah. And they only focus on jeans, don't they? Although I wish that I, they would have a jacket because I'm one of those people that loves the denim set. Like I, I love it when you get like a matching set. And I just really want the matching jacket. <laughs> that's such a good idea. Yeah, that's I actually um, that's a good question actually, because I think with guys we we really or well sorry, men really worry about the whole double denim Canadian tuxedo thing. But I feel like women more embrace just like going all in, like looking amazing with a whole bunch of indigo. Do you have any advice for kind of like? really really embracing the look and you know not being afraid to have like two pieces of denim on etc oh my god i wear like sometimes four or five pieces <laughs> <laughs> i literally like the more the merrier i've got like denim shoes denim sneakers denim bags denim hats like i will i'll do the whole whole lot <laughs> i think <don't care. laughs> I, I, I really like it and i also am a fan of like mixing the washes um as well but i do saying that i love being able to go to my wardrobe and picking up a matching 
jacket and a matching jean it's almost like an outfit and you know like I don't even have to think about it if it's like it's the same wash either has to be like the same or completely different (laughs) I think I think we can get away with it a bit more because I I don't know about you Kelly but uh, I know everyone around me knows that I'm into denim so they're like oh it's just Amanda wearing denim again so I can just wear as much as I like (laughs) yeah it's true yeah yeah I don't care how many how many denim pieces I'm wearing literally I think I went to fashion week in Copenhagen and I had um a denim dress um a denim shirt that was made from like patches of wrangler shirts patched together with a bandana sewn on the back and then I had a denim bag that was made from (laughs) um it was actually a Kaiser Schneider bag with um made from denim pieces it looked a bit like a rug but it was a bag um and I think I don't think I had denim shoes on then either but it was quite a lot of blue (laughs) it's funny you say that like a rug that's a bag apparently the Game of Thrones um what do you call it like the what's the black watch I forgot what they're called the the guys up on the wall of ice yeah they're big black fur yeah the night watch thank you sorry their big kind of furry suits were apparently made from uh, Ikea rugs. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's like cut up some black fur, fuzzy rugs. Um, on, on the on the topic of like style inspiration, is there anyone that you both look to online, in, you know, social media or, or in person that you think really just kind of rocks the rocks the look and really knows what, like, I don't know, just kind of like, is there anyone that's aspirational for you both in terms of wearing denim? Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to go for the same. It's it's just like probably the same as you guys. I just look at whoever the men's like. I look at Ilya. I look at you guys. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Kelly's one of my biggest inspirations, to be fair. I'm quite oh, happy what? to be sat here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> I think but, you but what about Amy on the women's side Amanda what about on the women's like, side yeah a- Amy Leverton is like yeah. has always been a, a major one for me like her books she's on it all the time and she's just the nicest person she's always like happy to say hi and like I've like they're like a little fangirl can you sign my denim book <laughs> so uh yeah she's obviously a massive inspiration um but yeah, there's, it's more like I follow more for inspiration, like menswear. So it, it's um, it's more than men's. It's more people. It's more just the normal guys wearing denim. It's not um, so like it's no one in particular. It's just watching how people wear clothes. Yeah, I think the same. I actually do look at menswear influences more than I do women's, which is a bit bizarre. But yeah um i also look at a lot of um like japanese and korean um uh social media uh so i i love that because i think that uh ink like there's a um an app that i use that's um chinese app i think and um they have like amazing style so i always look at on there and it's normally always the guys that I look at for style inspiration rather than the women don't ask me why I just think they're cooler <laughs> yeah I guess on the 
back on the denim dudettes point uh if i remember correctly they, they, they did like a launch for the denim dudettes book specifically and i know um there's a dedicated instagram page to denim dudettes um that sits alongside denim dudes um it says that it is empowering and amplifying the voices of women and female identities uh identifying creatives in the denim industry so yeah that's that's a super cool uh, super yeah. cool account yeah. I think the thing that I like as well, like you do this as well, Kelly, is that you can go between worlds, like you mix the really, really geeky niche side of it with current day um, things that are going on today and like new releases and new trends. And uh, that's a it's such a hard thing to do and to be able to be respected as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's the best thing that um, you guys are doing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and your collaboration, your collaboration boots were amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I should have brought them in with my pile of stuff, shouldn't I? <laughs> that was a super fun project to work on. Um, I really enjoyed that because um, it was uh, super creative. And um, even though sometimes uh, being a designer is creative, there are so many limitations um in real life <laughs> um things that cost too much money or like you know just not feasible to do um whereas this project um they really kind of didn't care about um how much money it was gonna cost to, they really wanted me to be super creative and do what what we both wanted so that for me was a win like the best partnership um, and that's one of the reasons why I lo absolutely love um, doing what I do because it's like super creative and I love kind of doing crazy things like that. <laughs> and for anyone listening that doesn't know exactly what we're talking about, um, just go Google uh, Grinson and Kelly Harrington. Uh, and there's like a YouTube video and a, and a blog post and stuff about the, the collaboration that Kelly's speaking about with uh, Grinson Shoes. Thank you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, super cool. It's great to, to see kind of the, the denim offcuts uh, from Black Horse Lane and you yeah. know, kind of that idea of like sort of upcycling, um, upcycling, upcycling are kind of byproducts of, of making clothes. Like I know I've got some patterns to make some shirts and I've bought fabric and stuff and I've just kind of keep lamenting actually making something. So I'm like, ah, oh, I don't really want to make or create, you know, pieces of fabric that I then need to figure out what to do with and it's almost kind of um it almost like limits me wanting to be creative because i'm like what do i do with this stuff after i've cut it up you know the extra pieces and um just the idea of being able to like almost like recycle everything makes yeah. it feel a bit less uh, less egregious but i'm guessing lex is like you fool you must break a few eggs to make an omelet <laughs> well zero waste cutting is a big thing these days so you could try working out at working out how to uh, make your shirt without any waste. Does, does that, does zero waste cutting kind of like throw aside the whole notion of like warp and weft directions and just kind of embrace whatever angle you need to put place something to, to cut it right? Uh, not necessarily, but normally. So there's cool. lots of slightly different ways of, of approaching it, but it, essentially it's about trying to kind of obviously create the garment and cut the garment in a way so that you have zero waste. Um, 
it's a really interesting thing, but from a practical point of view, it's not something that can be done very easily on a large scale because once you do it for one size, how do you then do it for a different size? If you do it for like a, a size 10, say in women's wear, and then you have to grade it to a size 14, you have to completely mm. rethink it. It's but hard it's to an scale, in- isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to yeah. scale. So there's lots of smaller brands uh, doing really interesting stuff with it. There's um, some on Instagram, I think it's called De- Decode Decode. Um, it's a designer in Portland who went to the Royal College and worked with Mosin there, and she does some really interesting stuff with zero waste denim. Um, and I think she runs the, the Z- ZWD, zero waste design, uh, ZWD something uh, website is a zero waste design kind of group and they all kind of um, input like zero, various zero waste design methodologies but they share all their stuff so you can go on there and learn about ways of creating creating garments with less waste. It's super cool that um, students these days are that's really what they're kind of into and being taught a lot of at school now. I find it super inspiring all of the university courses have a focus on sustainability to yeah. some level so when i was a student it, i don't even think it was mentioned i mean we are talking 20 odd years ago but i do not remember a single lecture about the environment or saying maybe you should design stuff that's better for the environment nice. whereas these days it's core a core part of the curriculum is trying to get students to think about making their garments uh, more ethical and uh, and better for the environment and less wasteful. I find there's a real kind of split between the students. So many students are really environmentally conscious and it's a real big part of their process. But then quite often you get, we still do get quite a lot of students that just don't really think about it and they just want to make loaves. Um, Yeah. um, But I think it is positive. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah, but I think actually if you are a denim lover, you automatically love um, something that lasts because it's it's ingrained in you that having a pair of jeans for a really long time, they become better. Yeah, um, I think I, I think denim, despite all of the issues with with water usage uh, and and chemicals from dyeing, I think it's still one of the more sustainable fabrics for that reason, because it's one of the few fabrics that gets better with age. Yeah, yeah, 100%, unless you're buying fast fashion jeans. Yes, of course. Yeah. Then it doesn't apply, of course, but... <laughs> I think it's so hard in the industry, like if you work in any of the sector of clothing, fashion industry, just for one, you're, you're making product that's going out into the world, so you're never going to be sustainable because you're making something you're making another thing um and like obviously in the fashion industry like it's just it's hard to change big ships it's hard to change retailers minds it's hard to change consumers minds uh and that's why I like moved away from the supplier side and I did freelancing for a bit because I was just I just couldn't I couldn't handle the fact that I was doing this to the world but um I it also meant I had to move away from something I really loved so um obviously like uh when I was freelancing I joined Clovercom and that was really fun and I got to learn all about the premium denim and the community side of it um 
but I'm back I'm back in the fashion side of it and I'm working for a retailer now but I kind of feel like if if you're not in it you can't do anything to change it so at least with my knowledge I can try to like shift that that kind of into more sustainable practices otherwise what's we're not doing anything to change things yeah yeah that's a good point because I think like folks love to sort of stand on the sidelines of anything and tell you how it should be done or how it could be done but they don't understand all of the nuance and and detail and like how you actually make marginal gains and it's like yeah sure that sounds easy on paper to go from x to y but have you actually tried to do that because it's damn near impossible to even nudge x a bit um so yeah i, I totally respect that um are there are there designers or or craftspersons that are working with denim that you think we should be looking more closely at so you mentioned decode is is someone doing something really cool like are there other either designers makers craftspersons that that we that you think are worth a shout mm. uh, i'd like to say um so when i was working at clover Car, there was obviously loads of makers and there was um jess um she's the poor will um Oh, I'd have to find it on its. Yes. Oh my God, she's amazing. And um, the last I saw her on her Instagram, she was trying to start a Discord for uh, makers. Um, and she she was the one that run the denim bingo when we did the global denim hang, um, and it was amazing. It was so good. She's like totally underrated, and she makes amazing pro like leather goods. And um, so yeah, I definitely want to shout her out as a maker to have a look at. It looks like it's a uh, the poor will way, and also it looks like she's got a podcast called Machine Wash Cold Club, which sounds like a uh, gotta check that out. I'm not sure how active she still is because uh, she used to be very, but um, yeah, I think I think she dips in and out, so yeah, um, yeah just watch out for her. <laughs> I, think, I guess most makers are so busy making stuff and and creating that. <laughs> the digital side can sometimes be a secondary uh, secondary focus rather than the primary one. I think life gets in the way as well. Like you still need to have a life, don't you? <laughs> Can't break in your denim if you're just sitting there online all day. You got to go out and, <laughs> I don't know, dig some trenches or <laughs> cut down some trees or something. There is um, a, I think she's a graduate and during lockdown, um, she did this uh, thing where she made a pair of jeans every day and she was amazing. And now I can't remember her name, which is really annoying me. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I can't, I don't know if it was, uh, I'm trying to find it now. But it was so cool it was like she made a pair of jeans or like she made outfits in denim every day during lockdown have you heard of it i've, I've heard of it because i think that you told me about it last time we met <laughs> yeah i absolutely loved her she's like so cool and super creative and making all these outrageous kind of um cuts and like totally amazing like I've never seen anything like it. Um, and I'm dying to remember her name and now I can't. <laughs> Hang on. 
I thought that was, Inktober that was, was hard a couple years ago where I had to like do a drawing every day for 31 days, much less make a pair of clothing. Yeah, I couldn't make a pair of jeans a day. I don't know how people do it. But <laughs> I'm trying to find her. <laughs> there is and somebody you, local in Manchester. Um, she's Neve from Nemsey. She's been doing some really good stuff and she um, she's in Manchester. So she's a cool, cool one to watch. And, and how do you, like, what, what's their Instagram handle? It's Nemce, so it's N-E-M-C-E-E. -E -E. Nemce. She's been down to a couple, I think, the meet once or twice before. Mm, down to yeah. So you might have met her. We met her. We did, I think, when we went to Little Creatures. I think yeah, Little Creatures. Or Beer and Burger, on the, one of the two. One of our usual places. Yes. Oh yeah, cool. So it looks like they've got a, a website as well, so that's that's a good shout. Oh my god, I still can't find her. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> find it when we're off. <laughs> well, once once Kelly once Kelly remembers, we'll post it to the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's we so uh, <laughs> the um, the guys doing the Black Horse Lane wash house. Is it Sally and Leanne? Uh, uh, Leanne, in the wash yeah. house Leanne. in the yeah. UK. Yeah. That's amazing. I can't wait to. Uh, hopefully, I can go and have a look at that at some point if they're listening. You're, Please invite me. You're always <laughs> welcome uh, to come over. So uh, yeah, just uh, swing by. Uh, it's not open yet, though, is it? Uh, it's not, but you're. It's it's set up, so you can mm. you can pop in and you can have a look. Mm. Uh, and Leanne will be uh, happy to give you a little tour and. Uh, uh, oh, she, cool. she loves she loves talking about it. So uh, yeah, uh, definitely come by. Do you have it's a really laser fun. machine as well? You do. Yes. Does that mean I can write Kelly all over my jeans? You can do. <laughs> yeah, you can do like a little little pattern like uh, yeah, song. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that's that's been fun to watch. That's been fun to watch to to see how that progresses and. Yeah, it's we're still, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting idea. to see from from that point of view. Um, so yeah, um, we're still in the early stages, but uh, yeah, uh, I think given a few a few more months and uh, more experimentation, um, it'll be interesting to see what develops from it. And uh, um, obviously, people coming in uh, from universities and uh, clients as well. That's going to really drive how things uh, develop with it so hmm. it just seems like something that should have been done years ago like surely we should yeah. have washing house here and just for the education like you said for, for students seeing how something's actually washed hmm. um, because I know they've got the whole setup in Amsterdam but like we're a making country like <laughs> we should hmm. have that here <laughs> Yeah, it was lockdown that kind of pushed those uh, things to happen closer to home, maybe. Um, yeah, I think I think in in a lot of industries, a lot of people were starting to you know support um, things being made in Britain and close by, uh, or not even just uh, maybe made in Britain, but all over the world. I think people were looking for small makers and trying to support small businesses. Um, and I, th I think that's filtered through post COVID as well. Um, I think people are a lot, lot more um, 
conscious of of, of trying to uh, support those brands. Um, whereas I think we've probably there's been a return to the high fashion and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people have turned that corner and are uh, more conscientious uh, about their spending um, uh, choices. So that's definitely a, a big plus from out of that. It's interesting too on the kind of notion of like keeping not not losing track of the heritage and like keeping things you know where they've were before is a, is a part of kind of uh, maintaining history. Uh, it's also worth mentioning too because I, I don't think enough people know about it, but um, the White Oak Legacy Foundation who were trying to kind of preserve the history of cone mills uh, set up Proximity uh, Manufacturing Company which makes proximity denim, which is basically trying to recreate old cone mills denim in the same factory on the same site with a lot of the same staff. And I think that's super cool to kind of say like, hey, big corporation, you can shut this thing down, but we'll just buy it and reopen it and keep doing mm -hmm. it the same way. Um, I thought that's that really cool. And I think more, more folks should definitely be looking at proximity denim, especially if you're like, oh man, I wish I could have got this thing from cone mills and they still existed. And it's like, well, in spirit, they still do. Mm. And they're still making cool fabrics that uh, keep the the cone mills spirit alive. Uh, I like that a lot. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So I guess um, kind of like switching gears a bit, uh, what, what do you both is kind of the most exciting or fun part about being around denim? Like, what what do you like most about it? The community. That's exactly That's what I was going to say. Very big part for me. Wah, um, wah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really corny, <laughs> but it's true. Like, um, think, uh, there, I think it's so cool that you we all have like a um you know something that we love and i think yeah the community makes it 100 percent. yeah i did i don't think i noticed how much um the community was important until i worked with ben at the shop um because the way he was able to harness that kind of feeling and get gather people together and just get that spirit of community was just incredible like i just um I didn't I didn't know it was all there and then like obviously from the global denim hangs that, that we did and like it was epic I just felt like it was such a good it feels like a space in time that's gone and won't ever be back again obviously we've still got this community here and I wouldn't have got to know a lot of you guys if it hadn't happened but um yeah it's it's brilliant bringing people together like sharing a niche love of something and um, yeah, it's just like, I call myself a denim tourist because like obviously all my, my holidays are based around going to visit a denim shop. Like it's like, oh my God, there's this cool denim shop I've seen on, on Instagram. Let's go there for a holiday. <laughs> like literally every year my holiday is Amsterdam because Kingpins is there. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting like the, um... The UK denim hang we did when we all came up to Manchester for the day and then like the two global denim hangs online those are definitely like moments in time that they kind of stick with you and um yeah and they were they were just kind of like basically physical or virtual hangouts with us us in this community in different shapes and fashions but um 
Yeah, I remember actually the episode y'all did, uh, I think it was called like Selvage Sisters, um, where it was basically a whole group of women together that were you know, speaking about their, their love for denim is I think what was probably the main inspiration to do this episode of, of the podcast. So that's super cool. Um, kind of a sli slightly random question. If you had to estimate the percentage of conversation when we're hanging out physically or digitally that actually is about denim versus everything else in life, what, what percentage would you, would you break that down as? I think it's about 30%, is it? I, I, it depends who you're talking to, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think once we break down what everyone's wearing, like, oh my God, that's such a cool jacket. And then you go into like the details of where it's from, like where it's like, yeah. And then it goes into just chat. <laughs> so it's like a, a like a procession, like a uh, a processional thing to say. All right, let's let's break down what everybody's got on, and you know what are you wearing that we haven't seen before, and where did you get that new you know tear repair patch on on your old stuff, and then we just talk about all the pain in the ass things you have to deal with in life, like death and taxes, and <laughs> you know getting your next beer and <laughs> all that stuff. coffee and yeah i bring that up because i know uh there's probably a lot of folks who like see us saying you know come come hang out with us in london or attend one of our events and they're probably like oh god i can't talk about denim all day long but uh, i guess neither can we <laughs> my, my girlfriend thinks that we just meet up and talk about denim for like four hours straight <laughs> i'm like no we do talk about denim we talk about other stuff as well yeah yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's a, probably a pretty common misconception about uh, about us. <laughs> Maybe next yeah. meet, next meet, I'll kind of bring you like a, a, a like a, a bell of some kind, and anytime anyone talks about anything other than denim, I'll ring the bell and I'll be like, "Back to denim." It's all you're allowed to talk about. I'll be Surely like, it should be sh it should be shots every time we mention denim. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dangerous. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. Oh my, that's great. Next, oh, next meet, can we play um, a denim-based drinking game? Yes. I'll work out the rules. I mean, that's gonna be very dangerous. <laughs> oh lord. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the thing that the thing that was kind of a bit implicit there, but no one actually said it, but is is probably worth mentioning is that yes, it may only be thirty percent denim. But technically speaking, it's also 30% leather goods on top of that, and then 40% actual life. And boots, yeah, like a lot of boot talk. Yeah. And I yeah. a lot of boot talk. It's funny because like I listen to the Stitch Down podcast a lot, and they 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 they've tried to build this podcast just about footwear, you know, shoes, boots, and all that kind of stuff, and we've tried to build this podcast just about, well, I guess somewhat just about denim. But the Venn diagram, it's like you can't really be into denim and not be into boots and leather goods, and you can't really be into boots and leather goods and not be into denim, except maybe if like you've got vegan philosophies around leather. But other otherwise, it's like the two go hand in hand so much. Yeah. David, what do you think the Venn diagram is between kind of like denim boots and board games? Because there seems to be out of us <laughs> lot quite a lot of people that are into geeky board games. Actually, uh, it's it four. There's four people in that group, and it's uh, me, Lex. Uh, sorry, uh, me, Andy, uh, Tom, and, and our friend Ben, who uh, is usually with our with us and hanging out. We've got like a WhatsApp where the four of us is called Denim and Dice, and it's basically <laughs> it's basically like Warhammer and Denim talk. 
and that's it. But is that is that just a coincidence with our group of friends that happens to be four people that like computer games, or is is there a weird link between computer not computer games between board games and denim? Well, the the common thread across all of these t these is is two things. One, these are all things that you can like really geek out about and obsess about and like get consumed by, and consequently because of capitalism. They're things that you can collect, right? So you can collect vintage goods. You can collect, I don't know, uh, different. You, you can almost like collect patina is the thing, right? Like, you know, which kind of garments am I breaking in and how they look in the same way that you can collect, you know, board games and and or, or vinyl records or anything else, right? It's just it's just something that you can obsess about and go so down the rabbit hole. It appeals to the uh, slightly obsessive nature that some people have, which is why denim people generally kind of inter really into beer and they'll buy really expensive fancy beers or like nice coffee or I know there's a few people I follow Instagram that like nice cigars or that that kind of obsessive nature that we have. Yeah, and I, I used to use this term called uh, qualiteer, which is like someone who just obsesses about quality and whatever they're into whether it's like your coffee brewing equipment, you want the best brewing equipment, whether it's your your jeans, you want the best jeans, whether it's your fountain pens, you want the best fountain pens, whatever. Um, but I think I think that, that there's, there's this weird irony with clothing in that the more you collect, the less great each thing's gonna be because you'll have less chances to wear it, right? Well, and I guess maybe, maybe you could say the same thing about like the more vinyl you have, the less often you, you play each record or, you know, um, more books you've got, the less often you reread the books. But uh, yeah. I do also think that like, so we're quite into coffee. That seems to be another kind of subculture. But um, there always seems to be like a good coffee shop somewhere where there's also a good denim shop. They seem to like, so if you find a good coffee shop, it's kind of normally a good area. So that's, and it's like, it is like weird tourism. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny I when also, I lived in. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Elliot. I'll just say they go hand in hand. I think. Yeah, it's so funny. I lived in Stanford. We need to have a coffee oh. shop now. We need a coffee shop, a denim coffee shop. Well, I've seen Clutch. someone do this actually. Um, yeah, Clutch Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't have indigo tea. <laughs> CKX Studio in Amsterdam was doing, was it blue cappuccinos? Yeah, blue, yeah, with spirulina, right? I think. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And in Japan, they have, at, on uh, Denim Street, they have indigo tea and um, indigo ice cream, and everything is like blue. <laughs> Someone <laughs> needs to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I remember there's a shop in Paris. I th I'm, I'm assuming it's still around, but maybe not called V Barber and Sons. I think it was. And it was like half kind of menswear shop with a, a large bit of denim. And the other half of it was both a barber's and a coffee shop. So you could like go in to get your hair cut and get a get a latte while you're getting your hair cut, I guess. And then like pick up a pair of jeans or vice versa. So that kind of cross pollination. And I guess. um. Uh, our buddy Alex and Sheffield's kind of got that same thing going, right? Yep, I was just thinking uh, about that. Yeah, uh, barber shop downstairs and a, a shop upstairs. I'm trying to. I just had a brain fart. The name. So Arnold and Co. 
Yes, thank you, Arnold and Co. I've been mm -hmm. living under a rock too long <laughs> with this pandemic. <laughs> uh, so I haven't been to Sheffield. I need to go check it out. We are having, cool. um, so uh, Alex has been arranging, Alex uh, from that helped us with the hang, he um, has been setting up Sheffield hangs and there is talks of one in December. So um, uh, I'll let you know, I'll put it on my Instagram when uh, we get some more details. But um, yeah, if anyone's up for coming up to Sheffield for a hang, please come along because it's hard for us to get down to London up north. <laughs> Warmest time of the year too. <laughs> no. Probably get cancelled from snow, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be cool. I'd be great to go see Sheffield and, and and hang out with some folks. Yeah, that would be cool. I have not been. It's nice. We we really enjoyed ourselves when we went up there. Um, and across from Arnold and Co, you've got a uh, JoJo rag parade. So that that's a great great little gem of a store. And, and um, the very first UK denim hang was there, right? Like the one that Clobbercom did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And like talking of subcultures, it's like motorcycles as well, isn't it? Um, that kind of side of it, because we had a lot of uh, motorbikes there at that time, which mm. was really cool. Yeah. I've got this yeah. lifelong challenge of loving bicycles, more so than motorcycles, because I'm, I'm worried I'll die on a motorcycle. But like <laughs> bicycles and denim are like, anti-hobbies because it's like if you cycle on your denim you're going to ruin them and if you cycle on something else then you're not wearing your jeans and it just drives me mad that no one solved that problem yet yeah all of my jeans seem to fade mostly around the butt from too much cycling i usually put a pair in a bag and like change when i get to work like i'll change out of my cycling kit and like pop on a pair of jeans to work around it what about electric bikes what does that does that does, uh, it, does that not cheating, cheating? cheating? Yeah, it's like at that point, you might as well just get an engine under you. <laughs> I've got an electric bike and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> Carl's struggling up the hill and I'm just like, rum. <laughs> Brilliant. Which which one do you have? Um, like it's a foldable one as well. It's ah, like quite okay. old. But um, when we were traveling, we went to um, somewhere that was really hilly and we hired some bikes and I was struggling so badly. And halfway round, we stopped off and I swapped for an electric and oh my God, I had the best time ever. When I got home, I was like, I want an electric bike. <laughs> yeah, I know in a recent California trip for work, I was uh, like, I guess actually pre-pandemic, so not recent anymore. Um, I was uh, using those like, neon orange jump bikes uh they're like the electric assisted ones they're like the, the guys who do the scooters um and those are so awesome yeah you get you get everywhere super fast it's good until you're drunk and then, then they're maybe not the best thing but uh yeah I can, I can see the love so maybe kind of um a bit a bit about comfort because we're kind of alluding to that right like cycling in jeans riding a motorcycle in jeans um, are there are there any advice around like how to be comfortable in raw denim? I, I know my partner like won't touch it because she's like convinced you can't be comfortable wearing raw denim. Like, do you have any advice for her? I think you just have to wear them. I think they just start to mold with your body. Um, and plus, just I just love the look of like like Carl like like Kelly, you were saying you like one wash, but 
I just want to keep on completely raw. Like, I love that look. Like, it's just I love, amazing. I love a warm wash because they're more, co- I find them more comfortable. Like, they, they look raw, but they're actually, like, a little bit softer. Tiny little bit more wearable for me. And, and are specific cuts more comfortable? Uh, yeah, well, I tend to always wear like a straight or a baggy. Um, so I don't like them too too tight around like the hip area. Cause that's, that's just like personal thing though. But yeah, I, I prefer a baggy pair. I'm like the bigger the better. <laughs> I think I'm the opposite. So I quite like a high waisted, like, like quite nipped in at the waist and then like wide at the bottom. And like cropped, I like cropped. I don't like them going all the way. I like to see my my boots or my my converse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually the same. I like a cropped even when it's baggy as well, because then it looks like I'm not wearing someone else's jeans. It looks like it's supposed to be like that. <laughs> and I guess um, I mean I hope this isn't too stereotypical, but I know like Marilyn Monroe kind of was like the original woman who made jeans look amazing um are there any kind of tricks for anyone who like wants to have that look i think i think it's just personal styling i think it's just purely personal taste like if like obviously that's maybe a more levi's kind of look i'd say um yeah it's just completely what you're into i think yeah it is definitely personal personal preference and styling so if you wanted that kind of look you'd opt for like a tighter jean um but these days that would probably have some stretch in it to make it a bit more wearable yeah Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about kind of i mean this is like earlier in the episode but you mentioned about kind of like embracing new cuts or you're going for a looser fit i know when i bought my first pair of regular straight jeans a couple years ago I was like texting the guys. I was like, I got to send them back. They look too big. I look weird. And, and I remember Ilya was like, no, nah, man, stick with them. Stick with them. Um, it's like a pair of Tanukis. Uh, and, and now that I've kind of like gotten used to a regular straight cut, um, I, I put on a pair of like tapered chinos today, like denim chinos. I was like, oh, my God, they're like stuck on my legs and, and my feet look big and weird. <laughs> and it's so crazy how like what used to be the normal. It's It's almost like. You just get used to something and then anything that's not that same cut like looks super weird and odd but then if you wore it long enough you'd get used to it too and then the other one would look weird and odd and almost trying to be like a fit ninja that can kind of wear anything i guess is uh must be where it's at it just takes time i think to cultivate what you like as well um because i don't think you realize that you you fall into this style like I'd only just noticed that I'd like started I do just like wide leg crops like that is my thing and that only over the past few years have I noticed that that's all I wear quite a lot um so yeah you, I think it's just you're developing your own personal style and you just you do tend to gravitate to those things um so I think w- once you've tried a lot of things you then hone down on your style yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. very spot on. 
I guess style really is that simple. It's just trying stuff out, seeing what you like, and then just rolling with it. And uh, eventually you kind of find your thing and then like, boom, you've got a style and that's your style and it's cool. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because like it's yours and you made it. Yeah. If you like it, wear it. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, cool. So maybe, maybe kind of jumping into a couple of the questions, uh, if that's all right, that folks uh, sent in. Um, mm -hmm. So one is, uh, yeah, actually, we, I think we've already covered that one. So, so Blues and Brews uh, was saying um, how and why you found an interest in denim. Now, I think we covered it at the beginning, but is there anything that you want to add on that one? I don't think so, but yeah, it just it mainly just started when I was young. I had an interest in it, and then um, then because I'm a fashion designer um, and I shop a lot of vintage, it's actually like part of my job to um, uh, I'm like a vintage archivist, so I would shop a lot of vintage, and I'd go to a lot of flea markets around the world, like um, Los Angeles and Japan, um, and I would just gravitate towards the denim pieces for my own collection. <laughs> um, um, and I found some amazing pieces there. Um, yeah, and it's just because I found that it's not, it's something that I always wear. It doesn't ever go out of fashion and it's not trend led, even though I do wear some crazy trend pieces <laughs> sometimes. But, um, yeah, that's one of the main main reasons. Like it was like a blank canvas for me, and also shopping vintage jeans was like a way that I could be sort of different from everyone else. You know, like if you don't buy off the peg um, items, then you're always going to look unique or like a bit different. And I love that, so <laughs> that was right up my street. <laughs> I'll throw a quick question in there. Um, I know at with menswear, I'm often finding these days that like if I go to Grailed or I go to eBay, there's like a treasure trove of stuff where someone bought something and they never wore it or they bought it and they wore it a couple times and, and either way they're selling it on. And so I can get like some really nice stuff for half of what it would cost new um, or even better deals that like isn't really even broken in yet. So I can still break it in myself. Are there any good... Um, any good places for that to find that kind of stuff in, in women's wear? I definitely think Depop and Vinted are my favourites at the moment. I think Vinted because obviously people are putting maybe things on there that they maybe aren't as sure what they are. And there's a lot of vintage you can find. You can find some real gold on there. Um, and also, like, I think it's cheaper like as well if you want to sell stuff on there. And it just seems to be a more bubbling easier one whereas everyone else is charging quite a lot but depop's quite good for like if you're looking for more interesting pieces more trend-led pieces and um yeah that's kind of where i am at the moment i'm loving vintage because you can get some random stuff on there <laughs> like i keep looking for crochet blankets for some reason because i just love all the colors they use on them <laughs> yeah it's the same for me i i shop on depop i've sold on depop um I've just started Vinted. Um, I have sold my items to like blogger websites. Um, I love a charity shop. I 
like I love <laughs> love rummaging through a charity shop and finding a pair of gem jeans for like ten pounds. <laughs> um, there's no better thrill than that, I think. <laughs> and uh, I also equally go to like um, flea markets in town, like Portobello. I I love finding secondhand pieces. Um, I also uh, wear a lot of a brand called Marquise Almeida, and I bought that quite a lot new but I also buy that secondhand as well um, and I've got some amazing pieces that I've bought uh, uh, secondhand on uh, Depop or even Facebook Marketplace um, because they don't some people don't know the value of an item so yeah I love searching <laughs> yeah the, the thrill of the hunt's half the fun of I guess yeah, getting like getting that grill piece that you didn't know you'd ever ever find again yeah yeah and some of my most favorite pieces have been from charity shop finds they're not necessarily like super collectible they're not like really old or they're not like they're not biggies or anything like that it's just purely because they i've got something unique about them maybe someone's patched them up or um someone shredded them all or that i just love stuff like that i gravitate towards the that kind of thing so some of, cool. yeah some of my and they've been like you know five pounds ten pounds bargains that i love <laughs> i think i keep buying wrangler denim jackets and the maverick ones because i just love that they're a broken twill and the washes are incredible but i have to stop buying them i've got too many like i don't know what i'm gonna do with them all <laughs> You're definitely talking to the wrong person <laughs> So Kelly, quick question, and I guess Amanda as well. How many pairs of jeans do you think you own? Um, you know? like that I that I'm wear or that like we collect or that No, what do you, you own and collect, not just wearing, but ones that you own. I is it higher or lower than 100, do you think? Higher. Higher. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Do I have to do a tour one day? <laughs> I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think because when you're a designer and you're shopping, you pick up stuff while you're shopping and, like, you'll pick up something for work and then something for yourself and then, like, um, yeah. for the archive. <laughs> yeah. So I've got definitely I've got jeans that I wear and then I've got jeans that I um, use for reference or like style reference. It, it doesn't even have to be jeans. It can be like indigo um, samples or like a pair of karate, Japanese karate pants or like indigo things. Um, so that's like in the pile of research <laughs> that's what i call it <laughs> yeah but I've, I've definitely got a lot i don't i've never counted because it's probably too many do you have a dedicated room i have a very large like shelf or like a racking system that's to the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> and then um i have some archive things that are in the the shed boxed up 
because I can't keep them all in the house. <laughs> I need a yeah, a studio so I can put them all in one place, I think. So with um, chili peppers, at some point, someone invented the Scoville chart to like gauge how spicy something was. So like 10 Scoville units is like a bell pepper, right? And like 10,000 Scoville units, whatever, is like a ghost chili. It feels like we need to invent a scale here for indigo collection. And it's going to be in terms of Rudy units, right? So yeah, it's I was like, going to say, I'm not oh Rudy. Like, I'm not yeah. <laughs> what, what are you on this on the Swiss gene scale? You know, how many how many Rudy points? <laughs> oh my God, he's got a lot. He's got way more. So I feel a bit better now. <laughs> yeah. Do you say like 1% Rudy or like 5% Rudy or? I think three, maybe three. See, I, I've got the added, like, obviously my husband Carl is also into denim. So he's very understanding with my denim collections. Obviously, probably would prefer it not to take over the whole house, which it it's does. It's not take over the whole house. <laughs> yeah. It's been segregated. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my denim's been banished to my studio as well. Yeah, I'm, I've got some denim cleaned things, but everything is in one area. I need to get my cats wearing denim. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like mean little... you don't already? <laughs> no, no, but I, I have thought about making them like little denim bandanas or capes or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they don't at the moment, but I'll, I'll find a way. Um, I bet they'd love to just scratch the shit out of my jeans though and just, ah, you know, help fade them for me. <laughs> it's like a little wash house. <laughs> you have a shredded look. There you go. Uh, cat fades. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. So I guess next question uh, from Buster the Human, which is technically two questions. Um, is it difficult finding brands that cater to women's sizing? Also, what brand do you wish would make a women's line? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, I really like, uh, is it TCB or is it TBC? Oh, I don't know. TCB. You know what I mean? Yeah. TCB, so they already yeah. do a women's line. TCB. So that's very good. Yeah. Really cats good. brand. Yeah. Well, I'm going to launch four cats brand. So I got four. Yeah. <laughs> um, so TCB's already making women's stuff, or you wish they? Yeah, would they're do? already doing denim, uh, women, uh, women's denim, because they've sh they've sent some out to um, somebody I was looking at the other day. So yeah, they're they're doing awesome things. Um, I'm not sure which brands I'd want to do, all brands, <laughs> but then everyone's is it's kind of unisex, so it doesn't really matter. Like I don't, it doesn't really. You don't have to have men's and women's anymore. It's what you put on it. If you call that a men's jean, then everyone's going to think it's a men's jean, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, what what brand do I wish had? Um, I do like, but well, I would wear them anyway, even though they were men's. But um, Warehouse, they don't have women's, do they? I love their washes, so I would say that, but I, I wear, would wear the men's styles. That's um, interesting. Those are both like really classic aesthetics with those brands. Kind yeah. of time, timeless aesthetics. 
Yeah. Uh, what other brands that only have men's? Or, or maybe to ask the question differently, wh what brands wish do you wish made garments that you would want to wear, or like gar garments that w would work for you or that would fit in your style that maybe don't have what you want? So it's like, God, I love that brand, but they don't make what I want, just more generally. Actually, I do wish that um, denim brands would make more denim dresses. <laughs> in a kind of like utility way if that makes sense because mm. you can get like denim dresses but they've always got like frills and shit all over them um and i wish that there would be more kind of like tunics or dresses or like shop coats or like other items other than just well no you want a you workwear dress yeah i if should we yeah. design one should yes we, should we make one I've already got an yes. idea, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, like, I like those kind of other items that you can get in denim. Like I all, I love a denim dress or a denim tunic. Um, yeah, so I, I would want, I wish brands would do other, uh, other items. It's funny you say that because I remember 99% Invisible podcast did a, a, a sub-series that was like a collaboration podcast. I think they were called articles of interest and like each episode was like deep diving on some kind of element of clothing. Like one was all on, uh, I think is it, what's it called? Aloha shirts. And then they did one on pockets and they were basically talking about how like historically women's wear always was like chock full of like tons of super useful pockets and like super functional. And it, it talked about kind of over time how pockets just kind of like disappeared um for women's wear even though it, like that used to be like the super important yeah it's probably because it's more expensive take away the pocket it's cheaper <laughs> make them shorter so you can't see them yeah there's a big thing isn't there in the women's kind of denim jeans kind of there's a joke that you never get a pocket because they make them short it's very small you can't put anything in them yeah this is another reason why I shop men's jeans because they have really spacious pockets. Mm. <laughs> you can put even fit your phone in it. Yes, phones <laughs> keep getting bigger. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I always hated the brands who had small pockets. Yeah, like what's the point? Yeah. yeah. So maybe w one more question. Um, this comes from. Uh, uh, our buddy Ricky, who's a uh, moon anchor son on Instagram. I'm going to avoid one of his questions because it's really, really political. <laughs> and maybe ask his second question, which is not so political. because The first one's getting into fast fashion and that can be a whole nother can of worms. But um, he says, uh, have you ever convinced female friends uh, to join our community? And if so, how? And maybe we should say anyone who identifies as a woman um, and joining our community. And if so, how? And if not, how would you do so? to join how to join the community but yeah just to kind of get into get into our denim and whatever else you want to call it world community yeah i i i mean there's loads of people i reach out to on social media and i always i think the good thing about denim is for like our denim hangs or our denim group or like the community in general is that everyone's always welcome because everyone owns a pair of jeans so the most democratic community ever. Yeah. 
Um, I, think, I think we'd even let you in if you didn't have a pair of jeans as well. Yeah, which I have often arrived in an, not in a pair of jeans. <laughs> yeah, or they've been like crazy jeans that aren't salvaged and I was still allowed in. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't do that again, Kelly. <laughs> it's interesting. It's only so many times we can uh, allow that. It's interesting because definitely like with the with with the interest in let's say raw denim, that's almost like just like a starting point, right? We all kind of branch out in different directions, whether it's like getting into chambray's, getting into weird home dyed indigo fabrics, getting into you know your herringbone twills and your kind of more military inspired stuff or you know, Hawaiian, it's, it's definitely shirts. Yeah, Aloha <laughs> shirts, uh, and that that whole kind of rabbit holes, I guess. Hawaiian shirts. What's that? I love Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I wore one one time, and I felt like the weirdest person on the planet. And I was like, I just can't do this. I can't wear. I, I can't wear. I I can't imagine you in a Hawaiian shirt. Even if I close my <laughs> eyes and think, let's all do that. All close our eyes and try and imagine Dave in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> black, and it wasn't. It was neon green, but it wasn't black or indigo. <laughs> um, I've got pictures somewhere. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, cool. I guess uh, we're, we're kind of drawing near to the end. Um, are there any other like particular topics you'd like to speak to or any kind of like shout outs you want to give or, or uh, anything mm -hmm. else we want to cover? Uh, just to say thanks for having me on. It was great to get involved and I love watching you guys. So it's nice to be on here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's been really great. I think we should do a, a IRL soon and maybe a denim and dime. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ooh. It's interesting because like there's, there's maybe like a closing thought or, or question in some ways is, you know, we did want to do this episode about kind of like women and denim and how it associates with being a woman and, and maybe it's a good question to end on of like is that even a thing right should we not even be thinking that way and just saying like people in denim you know independent of identity and and just sort of saying like you know maybe, maybe that's the way that this hobby needs to change and kind of not looking at it is like something that's like menswear or uh, like even i edited our podcast intro to say rugged wear not menswear anymore um, and yeah, just kind of like, how, how do we take this hobby forward or this community forward and kind of like break down, uh, I guess, uh, to say the right thing, gender walls, I think is the right term I'm looking for, or maybe not gender. I, I didn't, ah, shit. I'm not sure the right thing to say, but like, how do we make this <laughs> not about menswear, about a, everyone wear, you know? Yeah, yeah, I def yeah. definitely think that's the case. Because I think even when you sent the questions through, I was, it was like, oh, this is just the same for everyone so <laughs> yeah a hundred percent I mean I that's one of the reasons why I really love denim because it's for everyone um, and I don't even think there is a line there's more kind of a line I think when you start talking about like fast fashion denim and proper denim <laughs> um that there is a divide then but I don't find that in denim there is a big kind of like divide between men and women but mainly because I always shop in the men's department 
I don't even look at sizes, to be honest. I just pick up what I think um, might fit. I I'm not even bothered by if it's men's, if it's women's, what size it is. I will just think, ooh, this looks kind of cool. I'd it's got to be liberating. And when we think about like the fact that it coming back to the community thing again, it is it's open to everyone, and that's what we want. We want it inclusive, so yeah, yeah, that's what we like about yeah. it. that's one of the yeah really positive things I think. I'm gonna try and see if I can frame the episode in some way to convey that this isn't about women in denim; it's about everyone in denim, and, and see what I can do there to make it uh to make it correctly reflect our path forward um it's the community 100 percent, and i love yeah. i equally love it that i that there's a lot of guys in denim and i equally love it that there's few girls i wish there were more girls but <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i i love that about it and i also love it that um you know that it's not segregated all right, everyone in denim. That's the that's the that's the plan going forward. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, well, thank you all so much. Uh, thanks, Ilya and Lex, for uh, helping uh, helping usher us through today as well. Um, let me jump over to our closing notes. So, um, yeah, again, uh, thank you, Kelly Harrington, who can be found at K E L L O U H A R on Instagram. And thank you, Amanda Barnes, who can be found at 23ounce.indigo on Instagram. Uh, thank you, uh, Lex and Ilya, as always. And uh, for our listeners, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please follow us on Instagram at Sons of Selvage Podcast, which might need to be called Everyone of Selvage Podcast going forward. <laughs> and lastly, please message us on Instagram with any questions you'd like us to discuss on a future episode and reach out to us if you want to join our Discord. So uh, thanks, everybody, and I'll stop the recording there.